0: What up, Ring Crew Army, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I have missed you guys so much. I miss my listeners. I miss my commenters. I've been away for a couple of months. I was dealing with a family tragedy that happened close to me, and I just needed the time and the space away from making podcast episodes and just be a fan for a little while in the wrestling space and use wrestling as my therapy, which may not be a good idea, to cope with what happened. And if you guys are following my wrestling journey, which you guys should, head over to www.ravagelands.com to view the latest vlogs. So in the midst of my tragedy and trying to overcome it and accept it. I started to do vlogs that will take you on a journey to the indie shows that I go to with Mr. Too Good JD Alpha and Too Good themselves to the indie shows here in the tri-state area such as New York once it like fully opens back up with professional wrestling and mainly in New Jersey because New Jersey is thriving right now with the indie scene and I love seeing all the guys and they're all great so I do these vlogs and they're very random I try to capture certain skits with certain wrestlers that I know that I'm comfortable hanging around With And I asked them two important questions that are non wrestling related and every single wrestler is going to get caught in those two questions and it's going to be a very fun time. I'm currently up to number two of the vlog. I haven't done number three yet because I haven't been on the show yet. But in the meantime, head over to ravagelands.com. Check out number one and two and check out the rest of my writing and anything else that is up there. Subscribe to the newsletter so you can never miss an update. Aside from that, I will come back with a third vlog of giving a quick update about where I've been, the kind of headspace I've been in, how wonderful professional wrestling is currently. And I really love that I'm a fan and I really love that I'm really trying to get into this business a little bit more. And I have been doing commentary. I've been training to do commentary. I should say that. And I'm getting better and I want to get booked as a commentator. So you never know that I may commentate your match in the future. But this podcast episode is not that kind of update podcast episode. This podcast episode is going to be a spotlight podcast episode where I feature the one, the only Kane Switch, who has been making headlines just this past week. Well, Possibly since Slammiversary, if you guys have watched Impact. And Slammiversary was the best place for Switchblade Jay White to show up and to confront the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. They all have history together and we're going to find out in this podcast episode, not only the history between these men, but also the early days of Switchblade before he became Switchblade. And what his character really means. Because there are some doubters out there that don't understand what it means to breathe with the switchblade. There are doubters out there that don't understand that while Jay White is the number one asset in pro wrestling. He is the number one asset in New Japan pro wrestling. And they don't understand how he is over in America. How people love Jay White. If... This past Thursday on Impact, whether you watched it on Twitch, whether you watched it on Access TV. If you do not understand that the fans were chanting Switch Play before he even introduced himself, he didn't have to do anything. He made it. He's one of the best in this business. No, he is the best in this business. Jay White has... Single-handedly sold-out Madison Square Garden. Jay White has won the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title. Jay White has won the IWGP Intercontinental Championship title. And he has won the IWGP Heavyweight title. And now he is the current New Japan Pro Wrestling Never Openweight Champion. That is quite a feat for Jay White. He is still young and he accomplished that in a matter of years, faster than anyone else that has ever made bigger accolades than him. And they took longer than him. The one thing that sets Jay White apart from everyone else is his work ethic, is his motto. It is what he lives by. And I would like to share one of the quotes that he had said a model that he lives by. And he was being interviewed by a member of the Fale Dojo who writes articles for the website for the Fale Dojo, Ite. So during that interview with him, Jay White says, the decisions aren't hard, only the work is. And that is a beautiful way to start off this podcast episode. What I do when I'm talking into this mic, it is an easy decision to go out and buy the mic, buy the equipment I need. But the hard part is making sure I have content and having the right knowledge to tell you guys the wrestling, to tell you guys the character breakdowns, the story breakdowns, and what certain moves mean, and why certain wrestlers do this or that, and tell you everything of the theatrics that go into professional wrestling. And I've fallen in love with podcasting, as you guys know, and that motto should be everybody's motto when you want to succeed in life and succeed with your goals and your ambitions. Everything that Jay White has set out to do, all the decisions that he made on his own and the hard work he put into every single one of those decisions grants him all of the love and the success that we give him because we know how hard he worked. We know his sacrifices. And he did everything to get to the top. And he did it all the right way. So let's jump right into the early days of Jay White. Jay White traveled to Europe for about three and a half years to chase this crazy dream of being a professional wrestler. He found the varsity pro wrestling school over in Europe and he was trained by the UK kid. The UK kid booked him on several shows for VPW and also for all star wrestling. This was in 2013. 2014, Jay White is teaming up with Prince Devitt, Finn Balor, in a tag team match. And after the match, Prince Devitt was very impressed by a young Jay White. He gave him his card, told him to keep in touch. Now, after that, Jay White decides to go back home to his family for a little bit until he is contacted by Prince Devitt and and they tell him that they have a spot open for him at new japan pro wrestling if he wants to take the offer and jay certainly takes the offer new japan pro wrestling is different from american wrestling while that is an obvious statement let me continue further new japan pro wrestling believes in everyone that comes through the dojo system will be stripped down to the very basics and fundamentals and will be retaught everything, no matter how many... Years they have on the indies here in america and they decide to go over it does not matter the level of skill they have in the ring new japan pro wrestling believes that everyone should start with a clean slate everyone should be on equal footing and no one should be above the other and that's this respect that they instill in everyone in japan And so New Japan Pro Wrestling created the Young Lions program. So if you are a young lion, that means that you are serving other people, including your teammates and yourself until you graduate the program when New Japan Pro Wrestling Management feels that you are ready to go out there and be your own wrestler. Or sometimes they give you a gimmick like we have Master Wado. Just want to throw that out there. So a young lion's duties include, but are not limited to washing the sensei's laundry, including everyone else's laundry, making chanko, which is this vegetable soup that helps you gain a lot of muscle. Sumo wrestlers use it in order to gain all that mass, cleaning rooms, Cleaning the dojo itself, the equipment, the ring, and working out like crazy and doing repetitious practice matches and foundations in wrestling ability, technical ability, maybe some character development. There's probably a lot more stuff that goes into being a young lion other than the usual what people joke about of carrying other people's bags and this and that that probably goes into it too but a young lion is definitely a hands-on experience and everyone that goes through the system goes through it like everyone else and they have you on the shows to give ice packs to the guys after their match and to make sure that everything is in order so you're they're getting hands-on You're there making sure that things go smoothly and hopefully that the wrestlers don't beat the shit out of you. Jay White tends to mess around with the Young Lions, which is funny to watch. It is. So here comes a young Jay White into the New Japan dojo system. Along with him is David Finley. I mentioned David Finley because they have an awesome rivalry together. And yes, they are the best of friends. But their rivalry is really one of the best. And if you didn't know, August 14th, New Japan Pro Wrestling heads to the L.A. Coliseum for New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence. The main event is probably going to be Jay White versus David Finley for that Never Openweight Championship title. I'm going to say it here on this wonderful podcast of me spotlighting Jay White jay white is retaining that never championship title and it is going to be 13 and 2 in the rivalry between him and david finley it will make no sense for jay white to drop the bell when he just got it and he wants to create the never division in his image makes no sense but then again every time i try to be positive about something booking messes it up anyway i believe in king switch Jay White debuts in New Japan Pro Wrestling as a Young Lion on January 30th, 2015. He has his first match against Alex Shelley. And Alex Shelley is going to be a very vital role in being a mentor to Jay White for a couple years. Jay White versus Alex Shelley was a really amazing match. And it really showed that Jay White is able to absorb and make The matches his own young lions usually stick to a certain type of formula and i was seeing there was some leeway when he was fighting alex shelley yes previously jay white was wrestling over on the uk scene before coming to new japan pro wrestling and you can see that jay white had the skill that he had all the potential and he was going to be really really good Unfortunately, because he's a young lion starting out, young lions lose their matches and he lost to Alex Shelley in his first match. But it was still an amazing match to watch and to know that the development of Jay White was only beginning. Now we come to March 27th, 2016. This is a vital moment in Jay White's career Kenny Omega's career, New Japan pro wrestling career that brings what we are currently experiencing full circle. By this time, Jay White was excelling and was able to come out of his shell a little bit as a professional wrestler and show the world his capabilities. So Jay White takes on the leader of the Bullet Club. The cleaner Kenny Omega, who holds the IWGP Intercontinental Championship title. Now, this is obviously a non title match, and Jay White really took it to Kenny Omega. Jay White made Kenny Omega work in that match the same way that Kenny made Jay White work in that match. And there was a very interesting veteran like maneuver that jay white pulled out usually young lions wouldn't even think of doing a crucifix pin during a match so here's the sequence kenny omega hits his move went to cover jay white jay kicks out at two kenny omega is giving him a little bit of a moment to breathe then jay white comes in and hooks kenny omega's arms and drags him to the mat in a crucifix pin obviously this caught kenny omega by surprise kenny omega kicks out at two kenny omega is able to do a v trigger to jay white as an answer of what the hell do you think you're doing kid and then picks him up tries to go for the one winged angel Jay White gets out of the one wing and angel and does a roll-up on Kenny Omega. Jay White only gets a two out of that. And as Kenny Omega kicks out with his leg strength, Jay White still holds on to Kenny's legs and turns it into a full Boston Crab. Now that sequence... Young Lions don't necessarily do that sequence with a veteran in the ring. Sometimes if you're a Young Lion fighting a veteran, it is going to be the very basic foundation of a match. But no, Kenny Omega is a very generous wrestler. We've seen this throughout the years. We know his history. We know that he wears his heart on his sleeve. And when he sees young lions like jay white who has the potential to become king which he is king by the way kenny omega gives these guys a spotlight he gives them a moment to shine he does not squash them so that match with kenny omega set up what a future king switch will look like on the wrestling scene unfortunately at the end of this match kenny omega hits another v trigger And that allows Kenny Omega to pick up the win over a young Jay White. Now we come to Jay White's last match in New Japan Pro Wrestling before New Japan Pro Wrestling sends him on excursion. So excursion is very important for the Young Lions. The Young Lions have stayed in New Japan Pro Wrestling, learning everything they can from all the mentors that they have, from all the veterans that they have, and all the matches that they have. And New Japan Pro Wrestling feels like you need to go out there and get worldly experience. So New Japan Pro Wrestling can decide to send you to Mexico or the United States Whichever partnership they had back in the day, they sent Jay White to America and he was partnered up with Alex Shelley, who allowed him to stay in his house and do a tour with Ring of Honor. So he had his last match on June 19th, 2016, where Jay White teamed up with David Finley and Juice Robinson to take on Kojima tenzan and nakanishi if i mispronounce his name i'm so sorry fortunately the team of jay white david finley and juice robinson lost to the three veterans and then jay white gave his farewell speech in japanese which was really cool to hear and now he gets shipped off to ring of honor where he develops the switchblade persona Jay White debuted in Ring of Honor on June 25th, 2016, and he stood in Ring of Honor for a year, and he had excellent matches with Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, and even Jay Briscoe of the Briscoe Brothers. He teamed up with Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, the Motor City Machine Guns, to create a trios team to take on some of the Ring of Honor trios team as well. He was doing so well that at the end of his short tour, he got the chance to compete against Christopher Daniels for that Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship title. Jay White won a battle royale for this opportunity, and when he faced Christopher Daniels, unfortunately jay white did not win the championship title it would have been an interesting story and career builder if he won the ring of honor world heavyweight championship title off of christopher daniels at this time christopher daniels was playing the fallen angel character And it would have just been a really perfect match. This would have helped elevate Jay White. This would have helped build that Switchblade persona even a little bit more to sort of solidify it. Because when you have a championship title, you sort of become a different person. You have different priorities. You know that there's a target on your back. So how are you going to distract... Everyone that wants to come for you for that prize title, what are you going to do to upset them? What are you going to do to outsmart them? And that is how the play persona could have been started if he would have got the championship title. Now, obviously, you don't always need a title to define and flesh out your character character and the persona you're trying to build, but a championship title does help because if you're not in this business to win championship titles, then why are you in the business? It makes no sense. You're in the business so you can be talked about, so you can have a legacy, and winning those championships gives you that legacy this is why we always say the accolades of jay white currently because he won those championship titles and that makes his credibility that much more worth it when we talk about him so at the end of his ring of honor tour he returns to new japan pro wrestling he shows up at power struggle on november 2017 he comes out as Switchblade Jay White. So before I continue about what happens next in this Jay White story, let me talk a little bit about the Switchblade character. A Switchblade is a knife that has a little button on it. And when you press it, a blade pops out very quick. Sometimes if you blink, you'll miss it And it becomes a full-length knife. And when you hear that pop of the switchblade opening, everything changes. Especially if you're in a room with someone else. The temperature may drop. There may be sweat on the inside of your palms. Eyes are locked. And you're wondering, what is that person going to do with that switchblade, right? Well, you see, a switchblade can fit into the palm of your hand. And when reveal is going to cause a panic, like I was explaining before, but you as the person holding that switchblade, better go for that juggler. The same speed that that knife opens up from the switchblade, just jump towards the juggler, but only press firmly and do not pierce the skin. Because at that point, you're in control of your opponent, your enemy, or whoever you're doing this to. And because you have that person locked down in intimidation, you can make that person do almost anything on command. And this could definitely be seen whenever Jay White takes control of the situation and whenever he plants his foot on the neck of any of his opponents that he believes is beneath him. So Jay White as a switchblade is very fast, very tactical, very manipulative of the situation. He makes his opponent work for him without the opponent realizing it. Maybe the opponent realizes it at the end when it's too late and the opponent loses and Jay White is standing above his opponent and both of them are breathing with the switchblade. Jay White tailored his wrestling ability of that like a switchblade metaphorically of course and I say that because when he pops his hips to do a suplex or to just do a saido suplex which looks freaking amazing he's able to do sharp quick moves in a blink of an eye that's super quick and that stabs just like a switchblade and let's not forget his ultimate finisher The Blade Runner, where that could come out at any point in the match and put the person down for the one, two, three, and Jay White picks up the victory with that. To take this a little bit more further, when Jay White turned on Okada and Chaos and took out Kenny Omega and then later on joined the Bullet Club, all of that was not only a swerve but also a switch and that switch happened instantly when he turned on Okada and Chaos he warned Okada from the very beginning on January 6 when they had the press conference that when Jay White joined Chaos he told Okada not to get comfortable because he is going to come for that championship title so Jay White is not only a manipulator of words, but when you're that confident and confident attracts people and it attracts attention and when done right, when you believe that you are the best of the best and no one else can take that from you and that everyone else is beneath you, that is when switchblade is very dangerous. In professional wrestling, anything can happen. You're not expecting that. You don't know you can trust Jay White at this point because he uses everything in his environment to get what he wants. And at the end of the day, you are at the mercy of Switchblade Jay White. So let's get back to this timeline. November 2017, we see a returning Jay White at Power Struggle, and he teases that he wants a championship opportunity to face Tanahashi who is holding the IWGP Intercontinental Championship title. Now, what wrestler do you know when they come back from excursion or just come back from fighting elsewhere that they want to go after the top guy in a company? Usually that does not happen, but because it is Jay White and... He is New Japan's number one asset, and they believed in him from the very beginning. They allowed him to challenge Tanahashi, and it did happen at Wrestle Kingdom 12. He faces Hiroshi Tanahashi for that IWGP Intercontinental Championship title, unfortunately, jay white does not pick up the victory does not get the belt off of tanahashi after the first night of wrestle kingdom on january 4th 2018 the next night january 5th 2018 jay white is put in a match against a young lion That is a huge step down from fighting the champion of New Japan pro wrestling. And Jay White did not like it. The match was good. And in this match, Jay White had his foot on the young lion's neck. There goes that switchblade persona of intimidating the young lion. In the same night, Bullet Club leader, the cleaner, Kenny Omega, was in. The arena, he comes out and he says that he wants to recruit a new member for Bullet Club. And the perfect member that he was thinking about was Jay White. He calls out Jay White. Jay White comes out and he offers Jay the Bullet Club shirt. Jay puts it on. They raise hands. However, like I was saying before about how quickly jay white can switch things up how quickly jay white can stab somebody because he stabbed the shit out of kenny omega with the blade runner and the blade runner is a devastating finisher that you don't get up you feel the effects of it because it's switchblade jay white and when he strikes he strikes with precision And that's what he did to Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega gave him an opportunity to join Bullet Club, but Jay didn't want to do that. And because of the consequences, Jay decided to join Chaos as backup because in New Japan Pro Wrestling, you could get far. But sometimes you need friends that look over your shoulder to help you get certain things in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sometimes you can't do it alone. Not completely anyway, as Jay White said during the press conference. There are two great quotes from that press conference that he did with Okada on January 6th. And I am going to break them down because they are very sharp-minded And this lets you into the psyche of Switchblade developing during these early years. First one is people of power recognize potential in people and people of potential know power when they see it. If that is not a life quote, then I don't know what is because that could be applied to real life. So here's the breakdown for that. At this moment, when Jay White is having a press conference with Okada, it is Jay talking. It's not the switchblade echoing the thoughts and the feelings that Jay would have. This is straight up Jay who's telling you the truth about Kenny Omega and the truth's that he wants to accomplish while being in chaos, because it's going to be a benefit towards him and him alone. And he was mentioning how he never liked the way that Bullet Club went around doing their business in order to either retain titles or to jump people or anything that they were doing the way that they went about their business to Push the power that they had he didn't like it and he also didn't like the fact that the bullet club members were taking orders from kenny omega rather than being the individual selves that they could have been and achieve so much more as a unit that bullet club was once founded on those foundations of taking the world by storm so If Jay White has to observe all this mess and come to the conclusion that people of power recognize potential in people, that means that Kenny Omega was afraid of Jay White from the beginning, ever since Jay White was a young lion. And the more that Jay White was able to watch and observe from a distance of what Bullet Club would do when he was in Ring of Honor just reaffirm that people of potential, meaning Jay, know or when they see it. So Jay was not going to be manipulated by Kenny. He was not going to fall in line behind Kenny and be in the shadow of Kenny Omega. Jay White knows better. And this is from the perspective of Jay White and not Switchblade Jay White. This is how the personas are sort of different. How Jay White plays himself where he speaks on all these truths and there's no lies detected in anything that he ever spoken in his promos. And so we're seeing how smart and hyper observant Jay is. The second quote that Jay White says during this press conference is, there's nothing like a little bit of fear to make a paper man crumble. That's poetry, man. That is very heavy. That has a lot of depth to it. And it's amazing. Because again, Jay White is observing how wrestlers at this point are treating Kenny Omega as a god worshiping him. Jay White can understand why the fans would worship Kenny in such a way. But now his own peers are worshiping Kenny like a wrestling god in the business. And he just doesn't understand that. So he sees this and he knows that the weakness is right in front of everyone's faces. But nobody wants to challenge Kenny Omega on it. Jay White is the only person that's going to break through that weak armor that Kenny Omega has and he sees the bullshit. So he already knows what the weak spot is and you attack it at the core. And obviously at this point with Kenny Omega, his weakness is definitely his friends and he loves to wear his emotions on his sleeve and wear his heart on his sleeve and jay white does not give a shit about that jay white is going to come in and take what is his and do it in a fashion where as soon as you blink that is it he's going to give you one hell of a show but once he hits that blade runner that is everything this was around the time that we were having the internal conflict of the bullet club where it was Kenny Omega feuding with Cody Rhodes and all that stupidity. So, Jay white knew that Kenny Omega was weakened. And it was only a matter of time because their match finally came. This will be the second meeting between Jay white and Kenny Omega. The only difference is that this is for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title. Kenny Omega lost to Jay White in a very outstanding battle. Jay White is now the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. And Hangman decided to come out and challenge Jay White for it. But Kenny Omega took the belt from Hangman to give it to Jay White in a form of sportsmanship. And then you have Cody Rhodes coming in and sticking his nose into everything. and. Again, the spotlight was on Bullet Club and not on a winner like Jay White, which was kind of really bad. But at the end of the day, Jay White set out to accomplish what he wanted. And he said he was going to take the belt from Kenny Omega. He said he was going to cut the head off of the snake and watch Bullet Club crumble from within. And it came true. It honestly came true. So very quickly after Jay White defeats Kenny Omega for the championship title, he defends it against Hangman Adam Page. And during that press conference, Jay White again is speaking from Jay himself and mentions a lot of things that he observed with Hangman Adam Page. And that promo still holds up today, which is insane. In that match, Hangman Adam Page does not get the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Jay White retains that belt. What he told Adam Page during that press conference was that Hangman was a lapdog to Cody Rhodes and the rest of the Bullet Club members and that he does exactly what they say. And It's a little bit more personal in the fact of that everything that Jay White spoke was of truth. But again, that same theme that Bullet Club seems to have back then was everyone follow the leader. Everyone is in everyone's shadow. While Jay White was the only individual in everything that he does and everything that he sets out to accomplish a lot of the things he wanted while still trying to have friends that would back him up if need be. So after winning the U S championship title, he also challenges David Finley. He retains against David Finley. He challenges juice Robinson juice. Robinson takes the championship off of Jay white. Cool. No big deal because down the line, Jay White starts a feud with Naito to get the Intercontinental Championship title. In the end of that feud, he does. The highlight of that feud is the way that Jay White manipulates certain situations, especially with his backstage comments, and that Naito is helping him out, that everything that Naito is doing is benefiting Jay White to get his destino, to get that championship. And now we get to the betrayal of chaos. From the very beginning, Jay White told Okada not to get comfortable. In 2019, Okada was still IWGP heavyweight champion. And this was Jay White's time to challenge Okada. In 2017, While still being a young boy, Jay White put that IWGP Heavyweight Championship title around the waist of Okada. Come 2019 at Wrestle Kingdom 13, it is Jay White challenging and defeating Okada at Wrestle Kingdom for that IWGP Heavyweight Championship title how everything changes and how quick everything switches. That is the golden ticket, the key, however you want to explain it when talking about Switchblade J White. When something doesn't really work in his favor, he still pushes through. He still intimidates people and he lets everybody know that he is the number one asset he lets everybody know that no matter what happens he's going to challenge for what he wants and take what he wants when he wants he captured the titles he lost the titles but he still managed To fulfill any type of destiny he wanted. He went after top prizes because he knew he can do it. And when he fails, he gives a different outlook on the situation. There are things that might have been missing for him to accomplish what he wanted. For example, he went after Kota Ibushi when Kota Ibushi had the double titles. That was at Wrestle Kingdom 15. That was a beautiful match back and forth. I talked about that match on the Square Circle podcast. It's called Breathe with the Switchblade, a Wrestle Kingdom 15 night two fallout. He did everything in his power to get to that point. He pushed people aside and his confidence definitely propelled him to be in front of Ibushi because he is the most deserving of wrestlers to be at that spot because everyone knows that he could carry the company. Unfortunately, even though it was an amazing battle, Switchblade J. White did not get the double titles off of Kota Ibushi to stop Kota Ibushi's idea of unifying both of those titles. I was against it. He was against it. And it made sense for why you would want to stop Kota Ibushi from doing that. So after Jay White suffers that loss. He cuts this amazing 9 minute monologue. That I have watched way too many times. And I'm not going to go through each line to dissect it for you guys. But the main takeaway from his 9 minute monologue is is going to be the fact that Jamie was speaking and not Switchblade. So everything that Jamie was feeling, everything that Jamie held inside, that Switchblade echo in the back of his mind was like, we got to keep pushing. We got to keep doing this. We're going to go to the top. We're going to be the very best. Those voices managed to keep the real feelings that Jamie was feeling deep down inside. Usually Bullet Club comes out to support their main man, but nobody was there at his side. Gato was taken out. And so JY was left by himself and couldn't get the job done. And he sacrificed a lot put his livelihood in danger because we're in the era of COVID times and anybody could have got sick. He could have got sick as well for performing for us, the fans, but he was really distraught about everything that he's done for new Japan pro wrestling, that he felt he wasn't valued enough, that he really wasn't the true number one asset as he says. And so, all of those bottle of feelings came out and we got a magnificent nine minute monologue of Jamie White and not switchblade J White. And earlier in the podcast, I was saying how both of them are different. There is that protectiveness when he reaches into being switchblade Jay White switchblade protects him. And then you have Jay who, Observes things around him and uses that to fuel the fuse that he has, to fuel the truth that he speaks and get under the skin of everyone that he comes across. And that's a very dangerous set of skills for one man to have and to be in professional wrestling and change the game like how Jay White does. No one else really does that nowadays. You could probably make the argument that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks do and that somehow they changed the world. They were changing the world. But now we're back at the crossroads of worshipping Kenny Omega, worshipping the Good Brothers, worshipping the Young Bucks. And it's the same repeated history that Jay White said in that press conference when he came back. And it seems like nothing has changed. The only person that has evolved is Switchblade Jay White. And he has evolved very rapidly through the years, accomplishing more than what others would do. And so currently, we have Jay White as our leader of the Bullet Club because Tama Tonga got up the firing squad and kicked out the Elite and everyone else out of the Bullet Club and got back to the roots. During some backstage comments, Jay White did say that he is not the leader of the Bullet Club because he would be foolish to tell guys like Tamatanga, Tungaloa, Fale, what to do. You don't tell these guys what to do. They get to do what they want when they want. And that has been Jay's motto throughout his whole entire career. Ever since Jay White was a young lion, he did what he wanted, even though he was under young lion restrictions. But you can tell that the foundation of His mannerisms, he was going to get far. In Japan, respect is a very huge thing. And just being polite and knowing who you're talking to and being professional gets a lot of opportunities in Japan. So from a young lion all the way to present Jay White, he has definitely improved the most, the fastest and Very confident in everything that he does. When he talks, you listen. The way that he uses the cadences and the tones in his voice to get his point across means that he knows how to hook you in to listen to every single word he says. Like I said, confidence attracts. And that is also deadly when you're dealing with the Switchblade Jay White. I hope you learned a little bit more about Switchblade Jay White, who is our current Never Openweight Champion, representing New Japan Pro Wrestling, who's also on Impact Wrestling, and you could catch him at the LA Coliseum during New Japan Pro Wrestling's resurgence on August 14th. Wrestling is an amazing theatrical event that you get to experience as a fan and i hope that you enjoy more of jay white's matches more jay white's promos and understand that he's simply the best at what he does and he does it effortlessly now i hope you understand why fans got excited when he showed up at slammiversary unannounced and why fans chanted Switchblade the next night in the impact zone. Jay White is no slouch. Jay White is one of the best, and I will always sing his praises because his confidence and storytelling abilities and in ring abilities inspire me to also achieve what I want and to make sure that. I'm able to tell the best stories with the best context that I'm given as I watch new Japan pro wrestling on new Japan world, which you guys should definitely get a subscription for and watching impact wrestling and just watching him grow because he is still young and he still has a lot more years, but his determination and the way that he handles things inspires me to make sure I tell these stories correctly Because I always want to do right by the performer. And I always want to do right by the fans to let them know that this is why you need to watch Jay White. This is why you need to take notice of Jay White. And this is why you might want to become a fan. If you don't want to become a fan, that's totally fine. As long as I can offer a different perspective of something that you never thought of, that is my job being done. And that is what I love. And I hope that you enjoyed this long ass episode of me talking about Jay White and breaking down certain things and explaining a little bit further of how Switchblade is basically a metaphor because he's not actually using a real blade on you. Like everything that he does is metaphorically and they all have a deeper meaning And this is just thinking outside the box with the things that he's done throughout his whole entire career. I get invested into phenomenal storytelling and every single person on the Bullet Club past, present, and future have that ability. There is a specific reason why I love the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club is everywhere. The Bullet Club is everyone, and I mean that with the fans. We are everywhere. We are united as one. Bullet Club members do what they want, when they want. They are individuals while dealing with their own inner conflicts to achieve the goals that they want. That is the basis of Bullet Club. Everyone in that club are friends and family. They have your back. They're better than your actual real family that you're born into. They are there at your weakest times, at your grandest times, and Bullet Club is like they say, Bullet Club is for life. I honestly hope you enjoyed this episode of me talking about the Switchblade, King Switch, Jay White. Let me run down his accolades one more time. He single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden. He was IWGP United States Champion, IWGP Intercontinental Champion, IWGP Heavyweight Champion, and is our current never openweight champion, and he is the number one asset in professional wrestling. And yes, he is my king switch. As always, thank you for listening to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows. And don't forget to like this episode, share it with your friends, even maybe donate some money to me via anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast you can find this on all major podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts and spotify and always make sure to follow me at marie underscore shadows over on twitter and i'll see you guys on the next one